Welcome to That Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing through sharing to help you create a happier life. Honey, this episode, I am over the moon happy. Why? Well, it's my first time having an in-studio audience. Hey, y'all. Hey, <laughs> Aren't they beautiful? My guest today is here to heal us with her story of strength. She's a two-time breast cancer survivor, and she's found a way to turn her pain into a passion to help others. Welcome, Sunny, to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for coming out, Miss Sunny. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, take me back okay. to the first day where you were told you had the diagnosis. Okay. What were you doing that day? How, how did it go? Okay, so I actually went in, I uh, believe, a week before to have a surgery to remove a tumor that was diagnosed as fibroadenoma. So it, didn't, it was a benign tumor. The doctor said, um, it's just a fibroadenoma. It was growing, so we're just going to take it out. Okay. A week later, I'm getting phone calls from the nurse. You need to hurry up and come in. So I'm like, okay. So by that time, it's the day before my 30th birthday, I go see the doctor, he tells me I have stage two breast cancer. Whoa. And that he has to go back in and more than likely has to remove my breast because more than likely it spread it. So we did the surgery. I decided not to do the full mastectomy. I went to a second and third opinion first and they said, you have a lumpectomy. Now hold on. Yes, you because when you got that very first oh, you, okay, let's diagnosis, go yes. when you got that very first diagnosis, yes. what hit you emotionally? Um, well, when you hit a big C, you just automatically think death. So that was my first reaction was that I was going to die. And, um, I just happened to just, you know, quite naturally, um, human nature. I just, you know, bust out in tears and said, how did this happen? You know, you have all yeah. these emotions. Why Were you me? by yourself? No, I was I actually had a friend and he actually came into the room with me and I had to share that with him. And, you know, it was just a very emotional moment. And so... It was just, it was just death. Because your world spins. Your world spins. You got all these emotions. You got everything going in your head. How do I tell my family? How do I, how do I cope with this? What do, what's my next step? Do I take, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what am I facing? I had no idea what I was facing. So much coming at you um, from the doctor's perspective. They speak in lingo that you're not even aware of. So you're just trying to just absorb it all at that very moment, but also put on your 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 jacket to fight at that moment so Be immediately when you say yes. jacket to fight yes because some people when they hear a diagnosis or they get a trauma yes experience trauma in their lives the first thing they do is fold i did not fold because a year before i lost my only brother Whoa. to violence and so i know I, I knew i had to fight for my parents to stay here on earth for them okay. and so that was my immediate reaction was while i was taking all this in Okay, we're going to fight. I'm going to fight this. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Yes. When the doctor said you were going to have the surgery. Yes. Did he give you options or did he, he just, just tell you and you rolled he with went, it? He came right in and said, you're going to have to have a mastectomy. More than likely this cancer has spread it. Um, because at that moment, you know, they put it under the pathology. It's, uh, it's aggressive because I was young. Then they tell you if it's her positive, her negative, if it's, it has a vitamin of K12. I'm, I mean, I'm getting all of this intel and not really knowing what it is and say mm -hmm. the first thing came to mind, I need a second opinion. 
because you're the first doctor to diagnose me as a fiber, having a fiber adenoma. But what I learned later on, he should have biopsied the not first and then determined okay. whether it was cancer or not by him removing it, cancer that, in my opinion, yes. cancer spreads. And it spread immediately to my lymph nodes. Within one week, I had Whoa. 13 positive lymph nodes because I went the following week, I had the lumpectomy after having my second and third opinion. And I actually fought to get into the surgery room. I was on the phone with the surgeon. You need to get me in, no. get me on the schedule because I, I want this thing out of me. So that was the fight in me at that moment, fighting for my life. The day of surgery? The day of surgery. Did well, you, not the day of surgery. Did you go by yourself? No, I had quite naturally I had family there, okay. um, so I didn't go by myself. I think I was in there for about four and a half hours because they have to make sure they clean all of all of that cancer out. They have to have clear margins, so when they they have to put markers in you and so forth. So I think I was in there for four and a half hours. I actually think I left and went to a party afterwards <laughs> because I was. I know seriously, I was on the. I'm, we gonna fight this. You know, was it? Is there any reason that you decided not to have the full mastectomy? Fear. At, at that moment, that that was something. At 30 years of age, that was a fearful thing for me to have a full mastectomy. I don't know why I didn't. Because they did tell me with my first and my second, and with my first and second opinion, it was not going to equal me life having a mastectomy versus a lumpectomy. Okay. And so the and they were women that told me that the man was the, not to say anything bad about right, a man, right. but the man doctor said have the mastectomy. But the two women doctors said have a lumpectomy because it will not equal you life if this cancer decides to come back. You know, right, right. it's still not going to equal you life. And so that's what made me have the decision to do the lumpectomy versus the mastectomy. Now I didn't miss that, but you said after the surgery. You got up and went to a party. I think I went home. Actually, I went to a party with the bandage and everything. Yes, I did. Because at this moment, I'm celebrating too. Like, I'm, this thing is out of me. I just refused to fold like that. I refused to just. What did your mom say? I think your mother knows you. Mm. Your mother, they, you know, they so carry you. When you said you were going to you. a party, she didn't say she, anything. She didn't say anything. And I what? believe she laid, it was so ironic, she laid in the bed with me the day, you know, the day of the surgery. Mm -hmm. I was a little ill, and I said, I'm going to this party. She didn't say anything. I think she knows her daughter, so she's like, mm. okay. All right. All right. Be Pop safe. Pop didn't say anything either. No. No. Because I get it from him, oh, actually. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. I know I, you're I amazed yes, about it. I, I know. I can't, I can't I know. get past the party. Yes, I think I went to it because I was. I'm like, I'm going to party. I'm going. I'm celebrating. I have, I have the wrap and everything, and so I celebrate. So when did you go back to work? So mind you, they're now scheduling me for chemotherapy because I hadn't quite started the chemotherapy. Okay. So quite naturally, I couldn't party after that. That's a whole nother story. So I would do the chemotherapy. I had two types of chemotherapy. Was mm -hmm. the first one was adromycin. And it was this, I will remember it was just this um, orange liquid. It's remind you of like Ajax, the Ajax liquid, dishwashing liquid. It looks okay. just like that. They hook you up to that. And I became violently ill with that. I mean, it just makes you ill. Hair mm. came out and my sister can tell you I had hair down my back. My hair just came out within two weeks. Um, so I'm, I'm going, to, I feel like I'm going to the doctor to get sick because the adromycin, that bag of just chemotherapy mm -hmm. just make you sick. And so I would go to chemotherapy for the first round with the adromycin. I just was, you know, sick on the stomach. But I managed to be off for a week and go to work. But my, 
I'm telling you, my the people on my job, my supervisors, and they helped me with my healing. They were right there with me. They were my rock. They said, if you just have to lay down for eight hours, just lay down on my couch for eight hours and get a paycheck. So, I mean, I had that support system that helped me to be where I'm at today, sitting on your, you know, on your show to tell you that. It was How just much chemotherapy did you have to have? So I believe I had, so if I can recall, I believe it was four weeks of the adromycin and then it was four weeks of the taxol. taxol. Then a taxol make you feel like you got the flu. You know how you aching? Mm-hmm. Made you have the flu. And so I would, I, was, I mean, it was just, it was, a, it, was a, it was a rough road, but I fought it. Now the taxol, I felt like I was going, they, by this time they're giving me Benadryl not to, you know, vomit the uh, chemotherapy, yeah. well, the, the treatment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm riding all, because I have Kaiser now, so I'm riding all the way up Rockville. I'm living in Washington, D.C. just to get sick. That's what I kept saying. I'm just riding up here to get sick again. But I would do it every, you know, every time I needed to be, have chemotherapy. Then how often did you go back for checks to see whether or not it was being so I'm going to see the doctor uh-huh. I'm going to see you and I had a radiologist mm-hmm. I had a, I had an oncologist I had a breast surgeon and my gynecologist and I'm around the clock every six months then before you have chemo you have to have your blood work checked to make sure your white blood count is high enough for you to have this chemotherapy and then I then if that dropped and I had to give myself shots every day in my, um, my thigh you fought to be here I fought to be here so okay Let's get to the point. You, you're going through the chemotherapy. Yes. Driving back and forth, like the 40, 50 miles back and forth to, to yes. Rockville. At what point did they give you a clean bill of health and the chemotherapy stops? I'm going to tell you, when I, my, first, my first meeting with the oncologist, with mm-hmm. Kaiser, mm-hmm. he told me, you know you can die from this disease. Literally told me that. I said, you don't know who you're talking to. I said, I'm small, but I'm a fighter. And he actually had me looking at my own trials online. I said, well, I don't even know what I'm looking at, sir. You don't give, you, you haven't given me any data. I don't know what trial I supposed to select. Just give me the conventional chemotherapy. That was my first day meeting him. So, you know, by time open season came for the, you know, for your um, health insurance, mm-hmm. I was out of Kaiser mm-hmm. because I fired him. The nurses was, was wonderful, but I fired him immediately and my breast surgeon. <laughs> Literally fired. You got him. to go. You got to go. You got, you to, got go. to go. You got to go. Yes. And 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 I'm here. But so the last, so the clean bill of health right. that I got was when I went to go see my oncologist. She said we just have to just really monitor you because my margins weren't that clean. They really weren't that clean, and they felt that it it was going to somewhat come back and you know potentially be in my blood and leukemia you know mm-hmm. you know quite naturally uh, get leukemia and so i'm fearful you know i have a you know a sense of fear because we we that's our that's in our nature but then i had the doctors this was you know just really giving me hope and once you get the 5 year mark you good i got that 5 year mark i'm like i'm here I got that 10-year mark. I'm like, yes. And then, you know, you just, they, they were just a team of doctors that I actually had chosen because mm-hmm. they weren't a team together. I actually pre-handpicked my doctors, you know, who spoke to me, who spoke to my spirit, who was, you know, really having that, um, that tough but direct and real and loving conversation with me about, you know, what this could potentially do to me. And, you know, is it going to be, a, you know, am I going to be dead within five years or, you know, but they did it in such a loving way. And it helped me to be here, yes. And they didn't come off and tell you 
the first thing out of their mouths was not. Not what that other doctor told me. Yeah. He told me, you know, you can die. He said it can spread through your body. It's already spread it through your lymph. Now, I mean, I was just taken back. You know, how you see that on TV and, you know, you have these doctors in the, you know, you have these doctor shows and they just, the, the a patient is, or the patient's families always say, he's just so, they just so, you know, yeah. they don't have no, no feelings. And he just told me that. Now, here I am, 30 years old. So how long did you have a queen bill of health before mm -hmm. you found out about the second diagnosis? Oh, I was, um, so it was three years, so 12. So I'm going on 16 years this year. So it would have been, if you do the math, 13, 13 years. So I'm going, to, so mind you, I'm back on this one-year track mm -hmm. now. Um, so I'm having my mammograms and MRIs. A mammogram, six months, MRI, six months. Whoa. So I'm doing that. I've been doing that for the last 13 years, going to see the gynecologist, breast cancer, mm -hmm. I mean, breast surgeon, oncologist, everything, the whole, for 13 years. Then you hit 13. Yes. And found out. The second time. It was in, no, well, I, I went, and I think it was in November. She, it took her two weeks to tell me that I had the second cancer. So I ended up firing her but, but anywho. So the Ooh. second, but the blessing was, she said, we see something, Sonny. So first they just the calcifications. And so my sister had been through that too. So she was like, you know, slow down on the caffeine. And you know, she got on me, don't drink a lot of tea and coffee, and you know, just chocolate. Mm -hmm. And so I try to do that, but it's difficult with the chocolate and my, my iced tea. But Anywho, they, she, the breast surgeon said, well, I think I got it out doing your biopsy, but it's stage zero. And I had a sense of, well, that ain't nothing. Not what I went through. Mm -hmm. She thinks she got it out through, you know, my, you know, biopsy. But quite naturally, they still want to go back in there and make sure everything was good. And actually, before I even went for the second surgery, they had an MRI and nothing. They didn't see anything. Well, but we just with the diagnosis, I had to... We'll be right back to hear more about the second diagnosis and gain more strength from Sonny. Yes. A two-time breast cancer beater. Yes. Here's what you miss when you're not in studio with That Anita Live. But back then she said she was English, she said, mm. <laughs> <laughs> last stop on the bus to the first stop on the bus, right? And then you get on the 7 train, last stop on the 7 train to the first stop on the 7 train, 42nd Street, then you trans street, you transfer into the one. you want Yes. But <laughs> then I make it up there. Wow. Okay, one second. How hard is it to deliver food? Please tell a man to just leave the food at the front desk. Oh, because you know I'm at the end of my toilet paper roll, and so I can talk to multi-generations, you know? I can. Ooh, I think it was when I talked to his wife. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I don't even mention this in a book. No, you didn't. <laughs> Please, spill the tea. You know. Did that. Come on. I love to have you in my audience. All right, we're back with Sonny, breast cancer survivor, yes. two-time yes. breast cancer beater. And we were just at the point to where you had learned that you were being diagnosed for a second time with breast cancer. Yes. Again, in the doctor's office, or where did you receive this diagnosis? It was in the doctor's office. Cause she called and said, she actually called and told me over the phone, I was at work. And she said, cause I'm thinking no news is good news. Cause I hadn't heard back from her after I had the, um, the um, biopsy. Okay. So I'm saying, oh, no news is good news then. I hadn't heard from her. So it was like two weeks and then she tells me, 
And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and I had to tell my husband, I'm like, oh, wow. So tell my family, like, oh, wow. So it was just the oh, wow factor. For everybody. For everybody, again. And it's a scary moment, you know. It's just, well, what does this really mean? And this is a whole new cancer. A whole new cancer. Not a reoccurrence. So I'm like, what is really going on with my body? Now, so I'm really taking, trying to take charge again. So let me, okay, give me the full-fledged, um, mm -hmm. the test, the, the test to see if you have some type of um, gene. Because I've taken one and it came that it was um, negative, but it didn't test as many genes that they have now. Because, okay. you know, time goes on, things have gotten better in terms of, you know, treatment and what they can really test your genes. And so I think they tested like over 150 genes. Still came nothing. They Negative. don't find anything. Negative. Negative. But this time, mm -hmm. how did you make the decision for your course of treatment? Um, so the blessing was one of my other sisters, um, she was going through issues with her breast and she had a breast surgeon that she loved. And so with a, it was a whole incident with my other breast surgeon. And so I went to go see him and he said, no mastectomy, no, you know, no mastectomy is stage zero. We actually didn't see anything when we, you know, um, did your MRI, but we have to go in there because you have a diagnosis. We got to make sure it's clean, there's nothing there. And um, so that's what it was all about. It was him wow. reassuring me. And then I did some research on him and he's like, he was really, he's just really about learning the whys and, you know, mm -hmm. why are we going through this? I mean, so he kind of So the second me. time you didn't have to have any surgery? No surgery. Chemo? No, thank goodness, no chemo. No radiation. Well, they couldn't radiate me anyway. I was, I would have opted to do radiation, yes. but you can't re-radiate the breast, the same, you know, mm -hmm. in the same breast. Yes. So then how did you get into helping others? Well, helping others, I'm just, that's just naturally, that's just me. I've always done it, even when I was probably on chemotherapy. I'm always helping others. I'm always, I've always been that way. It's just a nature in me to always help others. So how did you get... How did people become interested in your head wraps? So, my dear sister here again, <laughs> and um, she, she says, um, Sonny, something is on my spirit. You gotta do something. Mm -hmm. she, didn't, she didn't have it, you know, she didn't have like a, a vision for me, but she said, you gotta do something. It's on my spirit. And so my mom, two years ago, had bought me a sewing machine because I love Project Runway. I'm not sure if you guys watch that, but yeah, it's Project yeah, Runway. Yeah. And so she bought me a Project Runway sewing machine. So. I said, I gotta find something to do. So one day, my sister and I were going out that night. My hair was a mess. And I actually like took some fabric and sewed it together and made a wrap. And my sister was like, ooh, that's nice, Sunny. I was like, you like? She was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I might have to take this serious. And so I learned, took some sewing classes to learn mm -hmm. the basics. And I just start piecing the hair wraps together. And I'm telling you, it's nothing but, it's nothing but um, God ordained. I mean, just the, the piecing together, the, the different colors together. I can do a reversible. You can wear it on mm -hmm. two different sides. The box, the way I box it. I mean, it's just, it was just phenomenal. And it just took off. It started last year in May of 2017. And it just took off. People just gravitated towards them. <laughs> and I'm just like in awe. Like, I didn't think it was going to just jump out like that. And just like, wow. Mm. It's like they need a so essential hair wrap. And it's so essential, so I'm essential. thinking, because mm -hmm. with a lot of breast cancer survivors, they lose their hair. Yes. 
And as women, a lot of us are attached to yes. what we call our crown of glory. Yes. So to be able to still have that crown. Yes. Emotionally. Emotionally. Just makes it's, everybody it's feel. It just makes you feel beautiful. Yeah. And so I was fortunate enough that, you know, because we always think about style, too. Because I, mm -hmm. I think I'm a pretty stylish lady, and I like to always I try to look so nice. Too. So when I went through chemotherapy and lost all my hair, wraps were very popular. So I would just go, you know, go okay, to the beauty store, okay. supply store and just, you know, wear my wraps because I wasn't too keen of the wigs because, you know, mm -hmm. I was bald head and it irritated me. So I was like, let me just move to the head wraps. And so I remember feeling beautiful. I remember being able to go to work with them, being able to ride the subway with them, be able to go out and, you know, enjoy myself mm -hmm. with them when I could. And so I still I felt beautiful. And so not be subconscious, about subconscious about. Yeah. Even though I, you know, I lost all my other hair, I just drew eyebrows and all of that, but I still felt beautiful from the, you know, your crown of your glory. Like you said, we attached to our hair. And so those who are going through chemotherapy, they don't have that anymore. So how do I still feel beautiful along with my healing? And that's a form of the healing is the wrapping your crown of glory. Right. And I actually have a t-shirt to say, rock your crown of glory. Rock your crown of glory. We will get somebody from the audience to rock their crown of glory <laughs> as Miss Sunny wraps their hair in one of her creations. Here's what you miss when you're not in studio with That Anita Live. <laughs> Last stop on the bus to the first stop on the bus, right? And then you get on the seven train, last stop on the seven train, so the first stop on the seven train, 42nd Street, then you trans street, you transfer into the one. Do you want yes. It. <laughs> and then I make it up there. Okay, one second. How hard is it to deliver food? Please tell a man to just leave the food at the front desk. Oh, because you know I'm at the end of my toilet paper roll, and so I can talk to multi generations, you know. I can. Ooh, I think it was when I talked to his wife. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I don't even mention this in the book. No, you didn't. <laughs> Please, spill the tea. You know. Did that. Come on. I love to have you in my audience. Can you go ahead and stand next to her sure. and I'll sit oh, here? Sure. I need that for tonight. Yes, she said I need that for tonight. <laughs> and so the audience can see it's just two pieces of fabric. Watch. You want to feel when it too? I saw yours. Yes. I asked her, do you think you could do a head, my head wrap like that? Yes. She says, oh, I don't think so. Think so. so. But can you, <laughs> oh, so you the daughter? Yeah. So you got to pay attention. Uh -huh. So I want her to watch. Okay. See what you do, yes. because I want one just like it. Sure. I know. See what <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so you see? Yes. Mm -hmm. Just want to make, you see? You t put it together. Tie it like that. And kind of tuck it. Because you, you, you can wrap it all different kind of ways, whatever you feel comfortable. Once you start feeling comfortable, I'm twisting. Slow down, son. So down. Oh, I'm so oh, yeah. fast. <laughs> okay. Want to do it again? Okay. 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 Then you're gonna do this way. Then do this way. And then you just tuck it. And make sure you tuck some more. Cause you gotta kind of tuck it to where your comfortability is. Oh, this is good. And make sure it doesn't hurt your head because sometimes they can. 
be too tight? Too tight. And how's no, that feel? No, this is fine. And that's how you wrap it. <laughs> that is beautiful on you. Yes. <laughs> so you want me to do it again? Are you good? You think you got it? Yes. And I will be putting a YouTube video out. I got to do that. Yes. You look beautiful. You can have that. Yes. I'm not sure if you want to take it off or put it back in. I, I can read. Mm. You got Mama it now. Says she <laughs> there, Mama says she is <laughs> ran yes. there. Honey. There you go. <laughs> you <laughs> welcome. Let me give you a hug. Yes. So much. And you look beautiful oh, with it. Thank yes. you. Yes. And I, and I need yours. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You're welcome. That looks nice on there, too. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it looks really pretty. Ah, she is throwing out over there. Yes. This princess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. One fell off in her drive. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me. Yes. To close, tell me one thing. Okay. What is the most emotional transformation that you have seen your head wrap have on a breast cancer survivor? Um just feeling really, really beautiful. Um it was a young, it's a lady who actually follows me on Facebook and I, rec I recognized that she was probably undergoing chemotherapy because she wears her hair bald. So I reached out to her okay. and I said, just tell me what your favorite colors are and I'll make sure I ship one to you. And um, she just took a picture and just, you just feel beautiful. Mm. You, feel, you feel like you have a chance to fight when you attach yourself, your healing to feeling beautiful inside. It's not necessarily the outside because once you feel beautiful inside, it's already gonna, come Radiate. outside yeah. and it helps with your healing because it all all of this what I told you and share with you is about how I the approach that I took to my to my survival and it was all because of how I faced it how I felt I didn't pity I didn't you know I didn't fold as you said earlier right, right. I just you know I relied on my higher power to get me through this and I said we're gonna get through this and whatever you need your daughter to do I shall do I'm following your lead I'm listening to you mm -hmm. and I'm feeling good and I'm going to make sure others feel good so it just makes me just overwhelmed just makes me feel really really good when I see other women just rocking their crown of glory I re it really does and then I just just I'm just saying oh I really am a serious illness is nothing you should ever go through alone and you don't have to just look to family and friends for comfort and support Help is all around you. Every serious illness has a circle of encouragers that have been through the exact same thing you're going through. Those fighting breast cancer have their pink sisters. No matter what your issue happens to be, always consider yourself on the road to emotional healing. To reach out to Sunny, find her and all of her fantasticness on Instagram at Essential Head Wraps. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out that, AnitaLive.com, for where and when to see our next episode.